Next is my great pleasure to introduce um, Glenn and Kiriana. Um, they are from the Cohen School. I recently had the opportunity to visit that school and was really impressed. Uh, so Glenn's the principal at Cape York Academy in Cohen and uh, Kiriana is the Direct Instruction Implementation Manager also at Cohen. Welcome to you both. Oh, thank you, Rachel. It's a pleasure for Kiriana and I to be here tonight. So while we're waiting, just a little bit of a context about the uh, school we're from. So Cohen um, is part of the Cape York Academy. Um, we have a student population of 55 students and we're located um, about seven hours north of Cairns. Our school has an Indigenous population of 98%. And as spoken by our founder, Noel Pearson, our vision is that our students will achieve their full potential, talent and creativity, and have the confidence and capacity for hard work so they can orbit between two worlds and enjoy the best of both. The Academy's, the academy's program incorporates five distinct but related learning domains, childhood, class, club, culture and community. Our journey with the Academy began in 2011 when we naively applied for the PE positions that had been advertised for the new club and culture programs in Arakoon and Cohen. Um, however, unfortunately, after talking to EQ, we discovered that they were not commutable and we thought the opportunity had been lost. Um, however, then in late January, we, was, we received a call to say that Hopevale had joined the Academy and needed two teachers. Two weeks later, we were on a plane and making our way up to far north Queensland. We arrived knowing that we were entering at the grassroots, that educational change was about to occur, but until we lived it we had no true understanding of what that would look like or how big that journey was going to be. I will always remember my first day. We were picked up from Cooktown and drove to where fell at the middle of nowhere on what was then a mainly dirt road. We arrived at school as the morning bell was ringing. I was handed a stack of DI books and my class list and off I went. Two boys came up to me and they said, show me your list, miss. I humbly showed it to them. And they said, great, we're in your class. The rest of the boys are on the roof. Come with us. <laughs> it was at that point that I realised I had no idea what I had just gotten myself into. Beginning my first lesson with a group of 15 year six and seven boys that had the week before been placement tested at a prep reading level, it became abundantly clear that the education that I had personally received was a privilege that was not being extended to everyone. That night, Glenn and I sat together um, and reflected on the momentous journey of which we had just embarked. I had read about closing the gap. I had heard of the low literacy and numeracy levels across the country, but the reality was that as a receiver of a great mainstream private school education, I had also become naive to how widely disparate education in this country was. To say that the beginning was tough is an understatement. We did, however, have a fantastic principal in Cheryl Cannon, a great Indigenous leader, who despite the tr that trying beginning, continued to motivate us. We were building a culture of high expectations and no excuses that took commitment, but the rewards would be worth it. Through her leadership, no excuses came to mean that we believed our students would no longer our students' prospects would no longer be determined by their ethnicity, location or socioeconomic status. The fact that some of our students come from disadvantaged or even dysfunctional backgrounds would no longer be an excuse for educational failure. 
to show the community that we were here to change the outcomes of our students, this no excuses code of behaviour became clearly visible within our schools. Through the use of direct instruction and explicit instruction, we recognise that a disciplined environment increases learning time and we were committed to reinforcing that children must work hard as there are no shortcuts to learning. When we started with the Academy, direct instruction had just been implemented in Hopevale. Direct instruction is an education program that combines explicit instruction pedagogy with a comprehensive curriculum, student assessment and scripted lessons. Students are taught carefully sequenced and highly structured lessons and are required to master each lesson before advancing on to the next. This ensures that no child is left behind and more, ex ex more advanced students can be accelerated. The program covers literacy and numeracy and aligns to the Australian curriculum. We had read about the major features and benefits before embarking on this journey. However, the reality of being there when it was first introduced was definitely our next challenge. Not only were we in this completely foreign place and coping with the culture shock of living remote, we were dealing with what on the surface appeared to be a completely foreign curriculum. I hated it. I didn't know how to teach it properly and I was struggling with the ideology. I had this group of boys that was so far behind and so disengaged and I, had, I did not believe that this was going to be the curriculum that after six years of learning, uh, six years of schooling, hooked them into learning. I was wrong. We were lucky to be very supportive with leadership and coaching. And after a couple of weeks, I was re receiving coaching from a very experienced DI mentor and expressed my concerns to her about the program. She said to me that it was okay to feel like that but asked that I teach the program with fidelity until the end of the term, and if I didn't see results, then I would prove her wrong and that would be okay. I thought, I can do that, I can prove you wrong. So that's what I did. It wasn't easy. These students had never been engaged in the classroom before. I had daily battles, parent meetings, and the lunch times. I still remember the Wednesday of the third week of term two when I walked into the staff room and everyone cheered. It was my first lunch break that I had since I started, but also marked the lunch last time that I would regularly lose my lunch. I was hooked on this journey. I watched as this group of boys who couldn't so much as write their name and who knew every trick in the book on how to get out of work become engaged in reading. I was witness to the boys demanding we get through our lessons. They were voluntarily picking up reading books. They had their heads down and looking into their eyes. I couldn't believe these were the same boys that I coaxed down from the roof not that many weeks before. It's very easy to blame the teachers when you're at a school where the students are so far behind. However, we came into a school that had great teachers and who have continued to be amazing mentors to us as we've progressed our careers. The problem wasn't the teachers. It was the teaching and the delivery of the curriculum combined with significant turnover of teachers. This lack of continuity in staffing and programming was what was ultimately holding our students back. It was an exciting time because what was happening in my classroom was happening across the school. Students were in class, teachers who had been teaching these students for years were finally finding success and you could feel the energy in the school. It was invigorating. We could have rested there. Things were going well. Everyone was happy. 
However, there, is a, there was a real sense of urgency with what we needed to do to change the educational outcomes for our students. Professor John Hattie, Director of the Melbourne Research, Education Research Institute, highlighted the Academy's success. For years three to five, they had been greater than the Australian average growth. 181% greater in reading and numeracy and 98% greater in writing. This was the good news. The program was truly making a difference, but the sobering news was that the students had to make up three plus years growth in one year to catch up. We celebrated the small wins. However, we were a poor school and it wasn't enough to say that things were going well. We wanted to get to fair and then to good and onwards. We continue to accelerate our success by introducing the eight cycles of school practice and by remaining committed to ensuring that learning time was protected. <clears throat> so it is this journey that saw us move to Cohen campus, who were going through a mirror image of the success we were achieving in Hopevale, to continue our journey from fair to good. As you can see, Cohen started where Hopevale was, with only one student on grade level in 2011. However, what these graphs don't show is that in the background, the students had been rapidly catching up. By 2014, they were no longer five, six years behind their peers. They were catching up and they were only one to three years behind. As it stands right now in Cohen, with a cohort of 55 students, we currently have in reading nine students working above grade level and 30 working in their current grade level program. And in maths, we have 12 students working above grade level and 32 working in their current grade level program. Cohen has somewhat of a transient population and given our recent success, it only highlights the disparities in education when students now come to our school for a short term and are significantly behind the students that have been at Cohen since prep. So these are just some of our NAPLAN trends. As the graphs show, the longitudinal trend results show steady improvement in Cohen. This year, our year three cohort of five students achieved strong results with eight results in the upper two bands and excellence improvements in mean scale scores for reading, writing, spelling and grammar and punctuation. However, we were especially proud of our year five cohort at Cohen, who has more than doubled the Australian average growth in reading, writing and numeracy improving strongly since being tested as year threes in 2014. Our schools, however, are more than just a direct instruction school. We use explicit instruction to cover the other key learning areas in, a, in an exciting application of the Australian curriculum. So our club program is the component of our school day is where students are delivered units which consist of explicit instruction units for PE, music and science. This part of the day is where we focus on moral development, higher order thinking skills and creative expression. We also have a strong music program that sees all our year three to six students learn an instrument and join the school band. So our culture curriculum is written using explicit directed instruction pedagogy and integrates the above listed ACARA subjects along with the incorporation of local culture delivered by local members. The curriculum is organised into four themes delivered over the four school terms. 
The intent of our culture curriculum is to meet CYA's vision to realise the right of every child to speak and be literate in their ancestral languages and to en enable every child to be so successfully bicultural so they may walk with confidence between two worlds. The curriculum draws on the standards identified in each of the included learning areas of the Australian curriculum. Of equal focus is that the learning episodes deliver content that reflects an Indigenous perspective. The great thing about our culture program is that it is giving the students the opportunity through partnerships with local clan groups and ranger groups to go to traditional homelands for culture camps and engross themselves in learning cultural ways, traditions, stories, and most importantly, conservation and sustainability skills to one day take over and be able to pass on that knowledge to the next generation. Our explicit, uh, our explicit direct instruction lessons are well-crafted, well-taught lessons that assist teachers to deliver effective instruction that significantly lifts student achievement. So as you can see here, we have an example of one of our EDI lessons, and it's designed at a foundation or prep level about kinship. Along the side there, you can see it clearly identifies the learning objectives gives you their vocabulary content to help students understand those difficult words and ways for students to make connections to their everyday life. The Academy is proud that we are able to provide such a rich curriculum to our students and aims to close the academic achievement gap between Indigenous and mainstream students while supporting Cape York children's bicultural identity. We could talk about the quantitative results of the Academy that the Academy has achieved all night. However, for us, it is the qualitative stories of which there are hundreds that continue to drive us on this continuous improvement journey. It is watching the year five student who a year prior we were told would always have behavior problems and would never learn to read, stand up and deliver a speech that he's written on his own to the entire school community on why he should be elected a school leader. It is being part of a cultural shift that sees students in Hopevale not only learning their traditional language, but being strong and confident enough to deliver end of year performances completely written and delivered in their native tongue. It is the families that were once disengaged and avoiding the school, turning up to be classroom reading helpers or calling the principal in the morning to say, I'm having trouble getting my child to school. Can you come and speak to them? It is watching a whole generation of students who were so lacking in confidence that they were ashamed to come up to parade to receive an award. To now not only be proud and confident when they are recognised for their achievements, but are also able to articulate why and how they achieved that success. It is each of these tiny but ultimately powerful breakthroughs that have made the journey that we have embarked on so richly satisfying. We aren't there yet, but we're on our way to becoming a great school. Thank you. Uh, before we finish, guys, it's um, really exciting to have um, Dion Creek here from our Cohen community. Um, I'd just like to take this opportunity to invite Dion up to the stand just to talk a little bit about um, his experiences because he has two children currently at the school um, at the moment. So please welcome Dion. Thank you, Glenn. Kind introductions. I'm from Cohen. I, I grew up in Cohen. We often talk about this gap, closing the gap. Well, the gap from Cohen Primary School for me to St. Augustine's in Cairns was like that. Direct instructions has helped improve that gap. I have nephews and nieces in, at 
Morris and Stuart Holmes in Brisbane. And the, and the transition from Cohen Primary School to high school is almost seamless. I'm an, I'm an activist first and foremost, and I come from a long line of activists, and our job is to ensure that, we're, that the show moves forward. Without programs and curriculums like direct instructions, we won't be moving the show forward. You know, I'm, I'm torn on what's happening in Arakun. Our children aren't being educated, and they're being deprived of an education that they truly need. You know, we're privileged in Cohen that, that our children are being educated, and there's a pathway that leads from primary school Cohen to Morris Dashgrove and to Melbourne University or any university in this country. You know, I, I, wanna, I wanna acknowledge some of our champions. You know, we had many champions that have championed our causes for land rights and for education. We have two sitting here now, um, Glenn and Kerry, but also Bernie. I, I wanna give Bernie um, some acknowledgement. You know, Bernie's been heading up the, uh, the Good to Great Schools program for many years now, since it's founded. And, you know, this is a woman that wakes up every morning wanting to educate our children. And I don't think she gets enough credit for, for the hard work she's done over the, over the last decade. So I want to acknowledge Bernie. Done. Thank you.